right. Welcome to Conversations with Ken O'Connick. I am so excited to have Brady on today. And uh, the context with Brady is, is we've obviously been friends on Facebook and social for a long, long time, but we grew yeah. up together, you know, out here in the Matt Valley in Alaska. And yeah. you went to Palmer, if I remember correctly, yep. right? And I went to Colony. And yeah, rivals, man. Yeah, rivals for <laughs> sure. You know, it's <laughs> not to go down a tangent, but, uh, you know, so since they punched that road through right there, yeah. up past Colony to Palmer uh-huh. right there. How ridiculously close are those two high schools? Dude, <laughs> like they're like five minutes, man. Like, not even. Like, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you not think that those high schools were like so far, dude? Fo- so, so far, far apart. Even driving, like, right? Because it was this big horseshoe, <laughs> and now it's like, wait, there's Colony High School, and then like two minutes later on the oh, wait, there's another major high school out here. What yeah. the heck? Well, and what's crazy is I grew up in the neighborhood right across the street from the high school in Valley Trails there. Mm-hmm. And so I literally now, is now that they punched that through, that Bogard right there, Yeah, I could, I, I could now drive out my neighborhood, take one right, and go straight to Colony, take you know less than five minutes, and pull into the parking lot. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> before it was like all up and around. Yeah. At least at least 10 minutes. <laughs> at least. You know, it's just, I, when I drove on that road that first time, it just, it shocked me. And probably... Yeah. 60% of the people listening to this have no idea what we're talking about, but, facts. <laughs> but it's, it's so true. Um, but we got together like at the tail end of high school, right? Like yeah. that's when we were started to like know that, Hey, your world was more than your high school, right? right. We were like mud bogging, you know, mudding yeah. as much as possible, <laughs> snowboarding as much as possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. cutting out of school early and going up to Hatcher's Pass and riding early. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, that was up there. the glory days. Yeah, so, Back to the high school, throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Yeah, you know? definitely. <laughs> Uncle Rico going on. But <laughs> but we've stayed connected through it. And I think that <clears throat> the cool thing about, you know, as we've gotten to our mid-years is that uh, you just, there's certain people that you stay connected to on social in a, a super positive way. And right. regardless of maybe we haven't always talked a lot or engaged a lot. I've always been super aware of where you were at and what you were doing based on what you portrayed, at least on mm. social. Yeah, it's all fake. Yeah, all sure. fake. Yeah. <laughs> and, but what I loved was, is like this, you just had this energy about like, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to do it a hundred, I yeah. guess is the personality I got from everything that you've done in the life that I've spent with you and cool. much of the time that I've seen with you. That means right? I'm setting a good, a good, uh reputation because that's the goal <laughs> right i mean that's i just don't know how to say it another way everything you do is a hundred i don't care yeah. if it's something with your family if it's snowboarding if it's something you're doing with your truck you know if it's insurance you know you had a big role in that it was a hundred and i just i love that mindset and i want to unpack that as much as possible yeah man let's let's get it and so <laughs> I mean, where do you want to start your story of like what's led to the way you operate? Man, I think a lot of it, I mean, it's a lot of it has to do with upbringing. I think I, there are still days. So I'm 35, right? And so I'm, I'm getting old, right? Physically, definitely not mentally, but definitely physically. Right. right. Um, but the, one thing that's really stuck with me is something my dad told me. Um, and he, I, I had to have been 13 or 14, right? I don't remember a lot of my childhood prior to like 10 or 12 for whatever reason, right? But um, when my dad talked to me, 
because he he do like father son talks every you know once a month every every couple a couple months at least you know and he'd sit down we just talk you know and my dad's awesome and he uh he was a state trooper right mm-hmm. retired alaska state trooper now and uh he he told me one time he's like brady i don't care what you do you could be a bad guy you could be a good guy you could do whatever you want to do the only thing i ask is that you do it to the best of your ability and you become the best at it that's it so if you're going to be a bad guy be the best bad guy there is if you're going to be a good guy be the best one there is now he, and then he prefaced he's like or then he you know told me he's like i prefer you to be a good guy <laughs> right but if you're going to do anything make sure you're the best at it wow. and i mean that was i was 13 or 14 years old and that's stuck with me over the last tw- you know 21 20, years 21 years you know so it's like I mean, it's, and that's something that whenever I start a new venture, that, that is the outlook, you know, whether it, whether it was snowboarding, um, you know, any of the extreme sports that I've done, um, bodybuilding, body, oh yeah, you body did, I mean, you did a bodybuilding competition. I remember you yeah. were jacked. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of um, course. I mean, but, you're uh, still in great shape, but like, I, appreciate I mean, it. I mean, you were, and it's I all mean, natural, you know, I didn't, I didn't take anything. So yeah. you got to preface that, you know, yeah, I'm, of I'm natty, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, uh, that's the, that was just ingrained in me. And I, and not only did my dad ask me about it and talk to me about it, but he, he also lived that way. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to not only, he didn't, he didn't just tell me to tell me, like I would see him do that. And he was, he was probably the top shooter in his, in the rifle courses and and all of those things for the state troopers when he was there mm-hmm. in SWAT or cert, they call it up here. Um, all those things, like he was the best at it. And so he became an instructor with that and train the cert teams, you know, all of that. So, I mean, it was, I, I saw him live what he was encouraging me to be like, mm-hmm. I didn't obviously go that route, not necessarily by any choice of my own, but, um, because I tried to get in the military for a while. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, um, a lot of, I, I kind of hate talking about it because I didn't get in. Um, but you know my accident in high school? Yeah. Okay, so I, this is just for all you guys, uh, I wrecked in my on my BMX bike when right. I was 17 right. and had my spleen and part of my pancreas removed, right? Mm-hmm. I was out of school for a week. I was in the hospital for a while, you know, all those things. Um, but uh, because of that accident, Later in life, about five, six years later, when I was trying to get into the military, they wouldn't take me. And right. I was training for the Navy SEALs at the time and was doing the BUDS training. I had their programs. I had to do the PST, scored a uh, 80, 84 on my ASVAB, you know, like, so I, I was, did okay. Like, I know I'm not the smartest guy. I wasn't the best guy in shape. Like, I'm not trying to say I was, but the, but the, I was able to qualify, and that was the thing, is is the SWIT guy that uh, gave me the PST, the physical uh, training test, basically, is, um, he was like, dude, you're you're a shoe in like you're gonna you're gonna get in no problem he didn't know i had that issue i right. didn't know that was an issue at the time otherwise i probably wouldn't spend so much time on it but right. i spent i trained for like three and a half four years for it and uh never ended up getting in but the because of preconceived health issues yeah, that were of of foreseen yeah yeah and 
so, but that was the whole that stemmed. I remember I was telling you that, but that stemmed basically from uh, that mindset of be the best that you can be, follow the direction you want to be in. Uh, yeah, the reason I didn't get in to that kind of realm or whatever is because of right. health. So, um, yeah, it's just been that's basically where that whole mindset started. Was all right. My dad says I need to be the best and. I want to be. And he lived it. Yeah, and then, and and then over time, like I mean, obviously as a kid, you're gonna kind of follow your, just blindly follow your parents, you know, for for a while, sure. till you become your own man or woman, right? Um, but the when when that started happening, and I started developing my own point of views and all of that stuff, I liked that aspect that I adopted, you could say. And so I let that become part of me. And so whether it was snowboarding, BMX, downhill, snow machining or snowmobiling for all those that aren't in Alaska, right? Um, Then trucks, you know, mechanics, like all those things, like business, all that is just one of those, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to be the best. More than likely, I won't be the best. There's always someone better, faster, stronger than you, right? But I can do my best, which is the best I can be, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that all starts. Anyways, that's yeah. my rambling. <laughs> so in that process of you working towards being the best or doing your best, and like you said, maybe you aren't the best, but it's this process of working towards it. Was there anything that you learned along the way that pivoted that okay yes i'm working to be the best but comma i also like to be this way or act in a certain type of character um i don't know and the reason why i say that is because i would decide like if it was snowboarding, like snowboarding, I just, I wanted to do because I was at my grandparents' house in Anchorage. Um, and we, that we were flipping through channels cause we weren't, we didn't have TV at my parents' house. Right. And so we got to watch TV at my grandma's house. And so we were flipping through channels and there was snowboarding, the X games were on or, or the winter Olympics or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was some, something like that. And I saw snowboarding and I was like, what is that? Like, I didn't even know what it was. I was like 10 or 11, you know, I was like, I don't even know what this is. Like, that looks awesome, you know, and, and instant fell in love with it instantly. And I, I couldn't figure out what it was. I couldn't remember. So the next time we went back, I, I vividly, I actually vividly remember this. And so it took like, a, cause we'd go like once a month, once every two months into Anchorage with the whole family and spend a, spend a day there. Right. And, um, so I remember going, thinking about it all month. Like when we go back, I got to figure out what that was. Cause I don't remember. And I, all this stuff figured out it was a snowboard. So I, I remember telling, and it was around Christmas and I remember telling, uh, my parents and my grandma and grandpa, I was like, I want to be a snowboarder. Like, that's what I want. And so I don't remember how it all came about, but I remember my very first snowboard and it was a, it had to have been from Walmart. I have no idea, right? right? But uh, it had bindings. And that's what I remember because I wanted one with bindings, right? So I wanted the full-on binding boot, everything, right? So um, 
but it had a space on it. It was an astronaut one, right? So yeah. it had like the stars and the, and this and the solar system on it with the astronaut at the bottom, right? It was sick. Right? It was red and blue. Like I remember it. And uh, my brother broke it. I was pissed. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, um, anyway, so I remember getting that and just being like, man, I'm gonna be awesome right i didn't even know what i was doing but it was i taught myself how to ride i didn't know what i I didn't know how to there was no youtube at the time there was no internet right i mean there was nothing so it was just like strap it on and let's go so since my brother broke it before i really even wrote it and uh i think i wrote it like twice uh, down down a snow berm in a parking lot right (laughs) and then my brother wrote it and broke it (laughs) so i was like dang it so then i told my grandma she ended up getting me one that just had the loop loop straps on it yep. and so i learned how to ride on that yep. and it was a pointed uh directional board yep. right and just you just kick it in and go and that was black and green and i can't remember what it said in it but it was something uh but anyway so i learned how to ride that on 16 mile yep and i remember falling in snow like up to my chest you yep. know like oh i'm gonna die digging right? out yeah yep. dude, it was crazy but anyway so um i don't even remember i was telling you that but that was that was a good experience learning about snowboarding yeah. and just and knowing at that age. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, is uh, just knowing. So when I when I got it, knowing at that age, like, I wanted to be good at that. Yep. And, and so that's what I've looked at whenever I've started a new venture or whenever I've started something or gone, had a life change of whatever. I, I usually take a couple days, a week or two, and think through everything I can think of as mm. much as possible. Every little nuance, like, okay, if I chose this decision, you know, kind of in my mind, make like a, a roadmap. A, yeah. And, and kind of like a tree chart or whatever yep. and be like, okay, if this goes here, this goes here and this goes here, this goes here. Right. Yeah. And I think through as much as I can over a couple of days to a couple of weeks. And then once I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I, cause I could think about this all day cause you'll never yep. know unless you do it. And then it's usually just, all right. I've decided I'm going to do it, so I'm going to do it. And it's just all in, you know? So, yeah, that's what I do with my truck and all that other stuff. So Yeah, I know. And (laughs) I can't wait to talk about some of the stuff you're doing there. I just have to say from the snowboarding side of things is I remember my first snowboard. And it's funny, too, because how old were you? How old were you when that? Yeah, like 10 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. which is in current time snowboarding, you're ancient starting at 10 or 11. I know, right? What? I mean... (laughs) Kids are starting at three and four years old now, yeah. like legit, like putting turns down, using their edges just, at just three and four, stuff, right? It is crazy. Man. And yeah, 10, 11, I think I was probably like 11 ish, maybe 12 Yeah, was the first time that I rode at Hatchers, right? And I remember the first day I rode, I broke my thumb from jamming oh. it into the ground, you know, like not knowing the what, ice but, but like literally the first day that I ever snowboarded was strapping at the top of the hill at 16, literally strapping in and being like, okay, I guess you go straight, right? (laughs) And as fast as you're going, I probably got up, you know, 20 miles an hour. And then what do you do? I guess fall, you know, and like, and (laughs) no supervision, nothing. nothing, Oh yeah. My parents (laughs) dropped me up at the top and picked me at the bottom. They supported me that way. But insane to think the, the, the full send commitment that maybe you learned and I learned in that type of approach because we didn't have internet we didn't have those things to teach us what not to do right Right. yeah but i mean i'm grateful for it i mean i'm probably hurting a little bit more in a (laughs) day-to-day life than maybe those people now but it's just it's insane to think about that because like 16 mile like isn't any crazy course but like when you compare that to like a green course on a hill where most people start like we're talking like 
that could be like a black diamond right like this could be like a black diamond course for some resorts easily maybe double like in some sections going across the rivers and stuff yeah (laughs) it's just i mean that i gotta be grateful for that you know those experiences but tell me about because you've done a lot of really cool very different things right so snowboarding to bodybuilding to insurance when you turn <laughs> when you turn that page, mm-hmm. what does that process look like? Because I think for some people, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I gave so much to this. And then I mm. sold all my snowboarding gear. I'm not snowboarding anymore. Like, right. what is that mental process like for you? Sad, honestly. Sure. Um, because, <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, let's see. Yeah, when I... It's crazy, man. Like I'm now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, man, I, I've done some crazy stuff in my mm-hmm. life, man. Like all over the map. This is crazy. Um, I it's 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 like a it's like a grieving process at the same time as excitement, and I. So there's, you know, as you learn and you do self-improvement, read books, all those kinds of things, right? Being scared and excited are the same feelings in your body, right? Yes. The the only difference between the two is your outlook, right? So you can be scared, your hands get sweaty, you get cold, you get shivers, you get shaky, you feel the adrenaline rush, right? But you're scared, you're nervous, right? But excitement... The exact same thing happens in your body. Hands sweaty, nerve, you know, you get goosebumps, you're, you're kind of fidgety, you don't know what you're doing, you know, and all those things. And you still might feel kind of scared. It's the same, everything's the same with your body in that respect, but it's, but the outlook mm-hmm. is positive versus negative. Yeah. And I, I've always, try to understand like you know what like when i sold all my stuff when my daughter was born right um we were tight on money so i was like you know i'm not using this very much and i'm not planning on really using it much because and i and i can always get another one you know like i'm not going to tie myself to this one board right i can always get another one um i have adult money now right right (laughs) so i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get rid of it and it was one of those like you know what, just because I'm selling it doesn't mean I can ever do it. Right. Just because um, I don't compete in a bodybuilding show doesn't mean I have to stop lifting or um, business, right? Like just because I stopped working for that company doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about or doesn't mean I can't use some of that knowledge into the next thing that I'm doing. Um, Just because I sold this truck or I built it and I put – thousands of dollars in blood, sweat, and tears literally into it, right? And I, if I sold it, that's not who I am. Like, that truck isn't me, right? I'm not selling My value doesn't change. But now I have all this knowledge that I can take to the next thing, right? you know? And so that's where I think the biggest thing for me is focusing on the benefits I got from the previous uh, activity or thing I was doing, and trying to figure out the lessons I learned and translating that into, okay, how can I use that in this one to make this one work better, right? right? And it's not necessarily the best thing to always be changing, right? But in my mind, it could be um, just because 
I, I hadn't really found what I was really, really passionate about up until recently, I think. And so it's one of those, like, if you can get a lot of experience and take those lessons into this, the one thing that later in life you're going to just really enjoy doing, man, you're going to, everything's going to compound on itself. Right. Excuse me. And when I was working for Primerica, um, is when I realized that, and I was like, I don't, I don't actually want to do this the rest of my life. I'd love the income the rest of my life, right? But I, I don't necessarily want to sell insurance and investments my whole life. That's, I, I, I'm an extreme sports fanatic. I'm the extreme loud noises, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, right? Um, kind of obnoxious and crazy, right? And I realized when I was working for Primerica because they're like, you don't want to work till you're till until you're dead, and I was like whether it's here or there, I'm working until I'm dead. Now, I might not have millions and millions and billions of dollars when I die if I do this, but either way, I'm working until I die. Right. I might be working for money when I'm older if I chose poor decisions, but either way, my personality is I want to be productive. I want to work. I right. like to work. It makes me feel like I'm contributing and that I have a purpose and like all of those things. So to me, I'm like... I'm going to be working until I'm dead anyways. I'm going to do something I actually love to do. Right. Because even if I don't make millions of dollars like I would over here, I can still make a pretty decent living. I can still retire. I can still do these things, but I'm still going to be doing it anyways. Yeah. So it's a different mindset that most people, you know, they're get out of the rat race. You have to, you have to have these millions and millions of dollars. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's good. You do need money. I mean, you can't say that money's not important. It is obviously. Um, but how you attain it, in my opinion, is more important. Right. Because if you're doing something you love, I actually read something today that said, and they were talking about Mercedes. I'm not a huge fan of Mercedes, but some people love them. And they were, they said, it doesn't matter, success or what, how to word it. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember word for word, but it was basically just because you drive a Mercedes to work doesn't mean you're successful if it's a job you hate. Right. And I was like, yeah, exactly why I'm doing what I do now versus what I was doing. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going to – I had an opportunity to start over, and so I took it, yeah. and I'm starting over. Yeah. You know? I, I, We're old enough to know that, you know, there, history does repeat itself, but I will tell you that what I've experienced, and I believe this to be exactly aligned to what you're saying, is that money becomes a transfer of energy. Right. And if you find energy doing something and I don't care if it's making honey or if it's, you know, back, you know, off-roading like you're doing right now or modifying the crap out of a forerunner, right? No, it's, what, no, it's a Honda Ridgeline. Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> doing what you're doing in a Honda Ridgeline, right? I don't care what it is. That passion, that energy equates dollars. Right. And I think the more that you can have a long long vision of that which you do even like we were talking about earlier like 30 right. years from now you're talking about your youtube channel yeah that long vision and passion and energy towards something absolutely will reward you because we're in a life in a day where like i don't care if you like barbecue and you want to do barbecue you can create a social media channel youtube channel start barbecuing and guess what you're probably going to make an income doing it if you right. do it long enough yeah, exactly it's and, time man it's, it's consistency over time it's not anything else you know right. i mean every once in a while you'll get 
one hit wonders kind of thing and they'll just take off or viral and is you know what they call it right they go viral or something great you know i mean but that doesn't happen that the rarity of that is that's very rare right when you look at the scope of how many youtubers there are creators how many social media accounts there are that try to go somewhere yeah i mean just, i mean thousands and thousands and you hear you see a couple out of every right. thousand or two that go viral you right. know and it's like so but you also know there's a lot of people that do make money from that stuff they're just not viral right right so it's like but they and so this is something that i do with my youtube channel when i see a video that i like um and this this might be just coming from when I was working in Primerica and tracking numbers and stuff. But I actually, when I see a channel, because it is a little bit of a competition, sure. you know. I mean, you you kind of at least I like to win, right? But it's one of those I want you to win, but I want to beat you. <laughs> you know, I want you to win still though, and um, which I think is okay because I'm I'm generally excited when someone else does well, and so what I but because of where I'm at with my channel, I mean I've had it for like two years, right? And we have uh, just over two and a half thousand subs, you know, so it's like, it's going and it's a very small niche that I have. I mean, Honda Ridgeline is not very, not a very, uh, you know, Jeeps and Toyotas are the, the right. off-road thing, you know? And but that's why I didn't take one of those is because everyone in their grandma has one. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what does no one have that? Anyway, so that's a different part of the story. Anyways. So I look at, uh, um, like that channel. If I see a video from, I look at the channel and, I actually go to the about section and look at how many subscribers they have, how many videos they have, and then how long they've been on on right. YouTube. And most of them that are like where I want to be have been on there for 10 or plus years. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you comparing okay, to? Right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm only two years in it. I'm doing okay. Like, right. relax. I don't need to beat myself up. I don't right. need to be crazy. You know, like, right. I just need to be consistent. I just need to keep yeah. moving. And there's some people that have been on the, been on it. They have... 30, 40,000 subs, you know, but they've been doing it for 15 years and they have like a thousand videos. Right. I was like, dang. But then you look at another one that's like, excuse me, that has uh, 20 videos, 30 videos, less than a hundred for sure. They've been around for like a year, but they have like a hundred thousand subs. You're like, wow. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's all over the place, but that doesn't detract from this person over here that's been doing it for 15 years. No. Maybe they didn't do what this person did and they didn't want to do that. Right. Doesn't mean they're not successful, right? It just means that it just is a different path, you know? So much to impact. Yeah, the I know, right? <laughs> the, the person I listen to a lot in the YouTube space is Mr. Beast. And I oh, think yeah. anyone can listen yeah. to him. And he has been doing a lot of podcasts lately and yeah. talking a lot on this. And what he said was that you cannot take a single judgment of your own channel until you make 100 videos. And you're not allowed to post more than one video a week. Damn. So you're talking two years, 100 videos in. And he says that anyone by that time would have had a video that would have went semi-viral within that niche and that you would be monetized. And he agrees. Like, I don't care if you're making $1,000 a year or, you know, $100,000 a month in this. You'll keep doing it because the reward of the process has then been built right. to keep going. And so it speaks yep. to like what you're saying there. And I think a lot of people like you're talking about, like it's great to compete, right? It doesn't matter how many, like how many years they've been in and stuff. That's an important motivator for a lot of types of peoples. The people I the thing I try to maybe caution to is the the comparison, like you're talking about, right? right? Ten videos, been only two years, and they do have a hundred that like that can get 
that can, can be get, detrimental right for sure. can get negative really quickly and so yeah. if it's competing you're like oh man if they're doing it use it right look at the videos what are they doing how are they posting is the exactly. quality better is the production better take from it compete with it even though that they're beating you but don't compare it because right, right. that's going to put you in a negative space that's only going to hurt you yeah 100 percent, man i'm glad you added that because that is that is when you're looking at those numbers and stuff that is probably the most important thing to keep in mind is for one their journey is not your journey Right. You're, you're on a whole different path. I don't care if you're in the same niche or not. You're in a, you're a different person. Right. You don't know the same people, nothing like you're, you're different. Right. And that might be why you have the struggle or not the struggle is because of that. Right. Right. But it's one of those like, yeah, I mean, dude, you said it perfect, man. Like don't get caught up in the comparison. Right. That's, that is where from my experience through Primerica and their, how they all compete, at least the office I was in and a part of and stuff and that whole team, um, they would compete by comparing mm. instead of just competing to see if you could outdo, yeah. right? Out is, this is the thing. Okay, so this is, speaking of competing and all this stuff, this is where I love extreme sports. This is why I love individual extreme sports because – I was actually telling someone about this the other day on on one of the tours because um, I'm a I'm a tour guide right yeah. so I take people out on ATVs and side by side so we could do something kind of extreme right um, and the I was talking to him about team sports versus extreme sports because I played football I played basketball I did all the team sports stuff track and field you know but I loved extreme sports competitions far more. Than team sports. And the reason being is because you and me snowboard, I wanted you to do something you'd never done before, right? And you probably wanted me to do something I'd never done before, whether it's off a kicker, whatever it's a drop, you know, hitting a line, whatever it is. You're like, man, do that thing, right? Mm -hmm. And when you would do it or when I would do it, we would congratulate each other. Pumped. Pumped that that other person did it. Even if I didn't do it. Pumped. I'm getting goosebumps as you're saying this right now, dude. Yeah. And so it would be this camaraderie that was just like and you see it on the in the x games you see it in literally the Olympics, in competition in the competition they the other competitors are at the bottom waiting for the guy to show up or the girl right, right? and they're like dude that was sick right tackling them like yeah, dude lit- you did awesome even if they didn't get first they're still dude you did something you'd never done before that's so sick right and it's it's so c- c- the camaraderie is just so tight-knit and i could be wrong but this is the reason i believe it's that way is because every time that person goes down the hill, say snowboarding, for example, they hit that kicker, they could die. Right. They could land wrong and totally shatter their leg, break their neck. I mean, they could end their career with every single jump mm-hmm. or grind or whatever, right? They, they would, then they could. And I think that's, everyone realizes the danger of those sports, typically, and that's why the camaraderie's there mm-hmm. is because I want you to be safe. I want you to get it done, but I don't want your fear to stop you. I'm going to encourage you to push past the fear and keep pushing yourself safely, as safe as possible. I mean, calculated, yeah. right? But I think that's where it stems from is yeah. that. But then in team sports, it's a lot more. It's not as unsafe typically. Sure. And so it's it's more of like 
uh, negative feeling, you know, right. versus positive. You right. Know? No, I totally, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And I a hundred percent agree. Um, my only stitch to extreme sports is, and I don't know if you ever did this, but you know, we started getting into slope style competitions and stuff. Yeah. Being judged is a hard thing Yeah, because it's <laughs> in my opinion, like what you're talking about, the element of camaraderie and the, the right. cheering on, like totally hundred percent. But when you're in a slope style competition, you're being There's judged. Politics. Right. <laughs> that's my, that's my stitch yeah, to it. For the, sure. the extreme sports where I love a score like sports yeah. Because there's no ambiguous to that. Right. That's the score. There's no like, oh, I like him a little better, so I'm right. going to give him a little better or, score. Right? I like that trick more, so it's going to get a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Or like he uh, he was a little more steezy with his, uh, you know, with <laughs> yes, in the air. Dude, steezy. I've heard that <laughs> word for so long. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, whatever it is, you know, that, that's where, I mean, it's not a, a, any detraction to what oh, you're yeah, saying. No, that's a, that, that's that's, a good it's point, a, fair, a, a comparison where like that is the score. Right. right. That yeah. that is the point. That you is make a, a basket. It's two points. Right. That, that is it. Right. You yeah. know. I mean, obviously, in sports, you'd be like, "Well, that was a foul. That wasn't a foul." Like, I mean, there's that. But like the the definitive in score. It's the same thing in like gymnastics, right? Like, yeah. I love I love Olympics in general. Like, yeah. I Olympics are on. It's on TV. Like, it literally. I'm trying to catch it. Two o'clock. Oh, this race. Yeah, I'm gonna two a, two a.m. If you're in Alaska, depending on where it's at, I'm like, I'll stay up and watch that. Like, yeah. I just love. I love competition. Yeah. I love sports. I love competition. I mean, yeah. if you want me to watch badminton, I'll probably watch it. I just got to understand all the, the rules. Right? right, right. And so um, when you watch any sport or any competition where it's judged, that's where I'm like, ah, because I, I talked to a buddy of mine who is, I don't know if you lent a chance, uh, Deshaw Prescott. He mm. is a free rider. Okay. And so you know what free ride is, yeah. right? Top of the mountain to call the bottom. You call your line before you go. Call up, your right? line before you go. Yeah. You call the trick before you go. And whoever does it the quickest and, and cleanest and the most like sticks to the line and all right. that right? sticks yeah. to the line that they called wins mm -hmm. right yeah. but that's still technically a judged sport right and we were talking about the nuance of that and man I, my heart felt for him right yeah. because like someone was like yeah that three was a little cleaner it's like but what's clean <laughs> like i mean how do you define clean yeah. like that's a yeah he still so, did it though yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so it's a it's a it's an interesting perspective but when it comes yeah. to the camaraderie the 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 fear part the the death part the, the extreme part i can't yeah i mean got goosebumps as you were explaining it because it's so yeah. true yeah when it comes to um the business world like the competition the comparing that you were talking about was there something that you noticed in other businesses online social whether it was competition in the business world when fear or death wasn't involved that you found that created the element as close to the extreme sport that made those businesses win or made that influencer just crush it was there other things that you saw in those things that you admired outside of the the, the aspect of death yeah i mean it was for me i'm a big proponent of promoting winners small or big Right. Like promoting, like you elevating did a good job, yeah, yeah. elevating, picking up yep. positive energy, yep. that kind of thing. It, it didn't matter to me if people did better than me or did better than someone else or I did better than them or whatever. If they were putting in their all and they did well based on their history and what they were doing and what their potential was, right? I think the businesses that, humble opinion, right? But the 
I think the businesses that promote individual progress into that competition and at least make it a part of it are the ones that are going to succeed the most because it's it's the ones that start pitting you versus me as like adversaries yeah and it's like that's not that's not positive Mm-mm. i can compete and you might outdo me you might get 10 sales and i got 5 but i only did 4 before and you did nine or 10 before. So you kept about the same. So you still beat me, but I did a little bit better too. So you still get the win. Right. And everyone's promoting the win, but you know, and I'll promote you too. Right. But it's when, um, I think when the negative, the negative energy comes in is when it's like, yeah, but you only did five. Right. That's why you lost. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's true. But I also did more than what I did before. So I still did pretty good for yeah. me. Yeah. And that's where I think if people can incorporate that aspect, not not like a participation trophy, because <laughs> you still lost, <laughs> right? right? They're still losing, okay? Um, but you don't have to degrade the person just because you beat the person, right? Right. And that's where I think if businesses can make sure that they do that, dude, it flourishes. And this is the thing is that I learned in Primerica. Like, they tell you all the time, like... Personal production, da 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 da, like all this stuff. The people, if you know Primary, you know, right? But they're very proponent about personal production and office production, right? And bonuses and all this stuff. But the uh, they they a lot of the time they're like, as a leader, as a as the broker of the office. That's what I was, or what I became, anyways. And they, uh, excuse me. They were like, you need to be doing at least five sales personally a month. I was like, makes sense. Sure, I could do that. You know, one a week's not that hard, right? And then uh, you need to be recruiting, you know, at least five to ten people personally a, a month. You know, I'm like, yeah, okay, you could do that. No big deal. No problem. It's one or two a week. Pretty easy. Now, something you got to take into effect is when I'm training somebody, if they're licensed, I'm going to put their name on it. I'm not putting my name on it because I want them to get paid, right? So I'm going to put their name on it so it doesn't come under me, right? But I would make sure... So anyway, so they're saying you have to do this like four or five recruits and five to ten sales a month personally, right? But if they're licensed and they're able to sell it, I might be on the appointment, but I override them. I make money every time they do, so I want them to make as much money as possible, right? right? So I'm going to make sure that they make all the money they can make because they came, they're learning, they put in effort. I just kind of was there just kind of with the bumpers, you know, at the bowling alley. I was just kind of making sure they stayed legal and everything else, right? And I was like, dude, you take it, man. No big deal. Yeah, I make make, make less money, but I don't care because if I can get you to stick around and make more money, I'll make more money – in the future. And yeah. that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to make money right now. I'm here to make a future. Right. And so, um, but they always tell you, they'd always say you need to do that every month. And my personal numbers were only like two recruits a month and like two or three sales a month. That's what the numbers showed. But I was the one training all the new people. So I would go out on 10, 15, 20 appointments every single week with new, new recruits and new trainees and new licensed people. And I'd do everything in their name, or I wouldn't do it. They would do it, but it was, I yeah. was with them, right? You were giving them all the credit. Yeah. And so it was like, so I, I had some mentors that were telling me like, man, you need to pick up your numbers. I'm like, dude, you even know how this works? <laughs> and they're like, you can't build an office only doing two recruits a month personally. And I'm like, I don't know if you just saw the last six months, we were doing 
your office, by the way, <laughs> right? I have a little animosity towards it, right? But I was like, your office was only doing barely, barely between 30 people was barely recruiting 10 people before I got here six months ago. And now they're doing 25 with half the people. And I've only been doing two personally a month. But the difference was is that I was helping them stay in the business. Right. And so um, so that that's one thing that I'm like, if leaders of those businesses or in business in general, in my opinion, understand that kind of aspect. Like if you can give your people the credit and promote your people in a positive way, they're going to want to stick around. Right. Whether they, they might only do one sale a month. And I heard this said one time. I can't remember who it was by, um, in the in the business. But it was a. Uh, he was like, if he was he was like, because you, you used to do Advocare, right, and did all that. Um, but it was like, would you want a hundred recruits a month or have ten recruits do a hundred or a uh, hundred recruits do one sale a month or have um, ten recruits do ten sales a month? Which would you prefer? Yeah, I'd rather have the recruits do more sales, right? You'd rather have them gaking more money and bringing in more people because there's more multiplication in that. Right. And then he said, okay, now take that. And you're like, okay, would you rather have 100 doing one sale a month or would you rather have 100 doing two sales a month? I mean, you'd rather have 100 doing two sales a month. Right. And you're like, okay, great. But what if all 100 only wanted to do one sale a month? Then that's great too. That's great, right? But a lot of people get caught up in the fact that it's like those 100 people I want to do two a right. month. But you, what do they want? Exactly. If you can get those people, you just need more of them, man. Like, stop relying so much on one or two people. Just get a whole bunch and you'll get there, man. Mm -hmm. It does take more effort, though, and that's what people don't want. Right. They don't want to put in that work. And that kind of wraps up the whole, like, be the best you could be because I'm going to get to that point, right? right. I'm going to eventually get there being consistent, being disciplined, working hard, you know, and all those things. Because I'm going to be doing it till I'm dead anyway. So I might as well just keep working and keep focused and keep doing it because eventually it'll pay off, you know. That focus on delayed gratification, yeah. right? The the long-term payout, short-term sacrifice for long-term payout is super important. We're talking a lot about this space. And I, I, you're the first person I've had on that is dominated in this space like I have. Um what are some of the benefits? Because I can tell you right now, there's thousands of people that have followed me or engaged with me and they just rip me for that pyramid scam, that MLM, you know, all the yeah, phrases for yeah, it. Yeah. Regardless of what they say, right? best thing that's ever happened to me. Hands down, for sure. I did it for six years and it literally changed my entire life. Right. I'm not doing it full time now. I still make an income from a part of the time thing that I still going on because I believe in it. I have a lot of other things that I'm doing, but I wouldn't be where I am without a doubt that, that, that part of my life. Right. And what were some of the, the, the common out, cause I, I bet we'll find commonalities in it, but what were some of the things that you took away from that experience that is now just having a major ripple effect in your life? Consistency for sure. The, the biggest thing was consistency, hands down. And the reason being is because you're always going to have, at least in that space for sure. I mean, even in YouTube, you'll have subscribers drop, right? Yeah. Because people are just bored of watching you or whatever, right? Or for me, like I changed the look of my truck. And so people are like, it's not really a Honda anymore. I'm like, well, that's kind of true. It's not, but it's still awesome, <laughs> right? Um, but the uh, 
so you have subscribers drop and you have recruits quit and you, you know, all these things, right? You have clients quit and all that. <clears throat> and it's not necessarily, you just basically have to re, re, uh, acquire and retain more than you lose. Right. Right. And the, the best thing you can do, I learned from Grant Cardone, right, is re- retention. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do, right? Because you've already spent all the time and effort getting them, getting them. So you might as well do your best to retain them, right? right. So if you can have a good high retention ratio, you're naturally going to grow, right? Exponentially quicker, right? And that was my focus was that, but the consistency of what I was doing, it didn't matter come hell or high water. I was always getting my two recruits and always making two to three sales. It didn't matter what was going on in my personal life. That's what I did. You like you couldn't stop it, and people would at the you know they always say you know you get um, uh, eight five three one is for the whole number, but it's it's really sixteen eight five three one, and so it'd be like sixteen names and numbers that you would get. Eight would turn into potential or be appointments. Five would be um, some analyses that you would put out of those analyses analyses that you put together for them. Um, you'd get three, three sales yep. and one recruit. Yep. So that, you know, that's the funnel. Yeah. Right. And people just did not believe it. Right. But see the, the one number before that no one ever talked about was the 32. The reach outs. Yeah. The cold, all that stuff that you do. No one ever did that in my, in the team I was in. Right. And I, that's literally all I did. Right. I, I didn't worry about anything else. I just made sure I got those 32 plus. That's it. That's all I did. And I ended up, I actually went through my phone the other day, deleted like 2,400 contacts because I was like, I really don't need these anymore. <laughs> right? So I deleted them all. But the uh, uh, years and years later, right? But it was like, the crazy thing is, is that no one actually would get the contacts. No one would actually get those 32. And that's what, the, why their funnel stopped. And it's like, you couldn't stop me because I was like, as long as I got that every single week i'm going to get a sale a week and i'm going to get a recruit at minimum and i made sure i lived my lifestyle to where that would pay for my lifestyle so it was like i just have to make sure that i'm on an appointment a day one a day i need to be on what i need to spend one hour maybe two with a client a day that's it and i could live my life right and i was like that's easy spend 30 minutes getting my contacts and all that other stuff sit down for an hour a day and it's, I'm just, it'll be there. Right. So consistency. Yeah. And so it's funny you say that cause mine's slightly different, but totally the same thing. Mine was consistency from a different perspective. I'll say Yeah. is in the life of direct sales. Um, our sales cycle and product point was much smaller than yours. So I think it was a higher volume game, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, insurance, like there's just, that's a higher bar of entry, right? right. It, just like with legality yeah, and, and licensing else, and yeah. costs and, But what I found in mine, and I know it was in yours, is the discipline to be committed, right, was so low. And it was this huge epiphany for me that there is so many people that say they're going to do something (laughs) and don't. Yeah. And so I, to your point, consistency, if you just do what you said you were going to do long after the time you said you felt like saying you could do it has passed and you keep doing it. Yeah. You win. Yep. Like, I mean, it's, I, I can't say it any other way. If you just keep doing it, I yeah. don't care if it's bad. I don't care if like, 
I don't care what it is. And so let's take it outside of direct sales and do yeah. something else. You want to start writing. You want to you want to start doing YouTube videos. You want to start doing anything. If you just commit to doing it yeah. and doing it for a longer period of time than you want to do it. Like I don't care even if you're like, okay, I want to write a blog. I'm going to be a writer. I don't like writing. I'm going to write. I'm going to write a blog. I'm going to type out a blog. And you do that one a week or one a day, whatever it is, and you do it for a long period of time, a couple months, well long by telling the time you want to quit. Even when you want to quit, you keep doing it. You are going to learn so much about yourself. You're going to learn so many things that you didn't know by doing that process. And that will be, like you were saying earlier, be this stair-step effect that you're going to be able to take all that knowledge all that experience, even if you hated the entire thing and apply it to the next thing or you do like it or you do find success in it and it's this major breakthrough and it's just like in the direct sales world, the amount of people that are like, oh yeah, you know, I need, you know, I need to pay down the school debt or I I need to do, (laughs) I need to make $2,000 a month and I'll do this and this and this and in 60 days, crickets yeah ghosts, ghosts. Yeah, gone yeah. It probably wouldn't even take 60 days probably 14 right, right. <laughs> and so just knowing that that's how the human body works mm-hmm. it just was so simple for me to be like okay yeah i'm just never gonna quit exactly. if i'm gonna do it i'm just never gonna quit right well and, that, and that's dude <laughs> yes because <laughs> that's that i mean you see that all the time and it, like there's people that started the business before me that I ended up passing and beating yep. just because I would listen to my mentor, do what he told me to do without question. I would just do it blindly follow and just be like, you know what? I'm going to give it X amount of time. This is how long he said it's going to take. Could be a month, two months, three months, a year, whatever, it, whatever the goal was, right? It's going to take X amount of time. Okay. I'm just going to do it because what, what else do I have to do? Be lazy? Nah. I'm going to I'm going to do it cuz if if I want my life like that and he's telling me to do this then I'm going to do exactly what he said to get what yeah. he has, right? cuz that's what I want at the time or whatever. And so it's like, man, if you just if you just shut up and put your head down and go to work, dude, like dude, there's so much stuff you can get done. Right. It is crazy and I I've, I've noticed this a lot with I mean, you probably notice this too, especially being in the um uh social media or influencer type, you know, uh, realm, you know, is podcasts and all this stuff. Like, I mean, there's stuff you got to do. I mean, you got to edit, you got to film, you got to create in your mind kind of the f- forefront, of, you know, the future of what you're going to do. And then the list of items you need. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into it's a it. lot of work and, but you got to be like, okay, if I don't spend an hour scrolling on reels on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is now, it's like, dude, you know how much time you save and you could use if you don't go to sleep, right? Sleep six hours a day. Like Arnold Swiss says, you know, he's like, sleep faster. faster. You can do that, man. You got, you got so much more time to do stuff. And that goes to my second takeaway for the direct sales world that completely changed my life is there's more time than what you think you have. Yeah, oh man, yeah. And the direct sales world, thank God for it because if you work a nine to five, if you have a 40 hour work week job and that's all you do, no judgment. I have no judgment. Right. My wife and I, we own a couple businesses. We're investors in real estate. We, we have, we have you know, we're passionate about volleyball so we play multiple days a week because that's our disconnect. What do you do with your time? Right. It is insane because it is amazing what two hours a day 
five days a week for three years what you can do on a, a side hustle. Yeah. I mean, it it will add up in a way that so many people don't give it enough credit. For real. And people just need to understand that because the yeah. direct sales world, you just get it. You're working another job. You get up a little bit earlier. You stay up a little bit later. Oh, you know what? That Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I can work like a couple hours, I guess. Two, three, four hours on a Saturday, a couple hours on a Sunday night. And that stuff just blows your your current capacity for work, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you meet and you get back into the world, like at least for us, because I know we both aren't super involved in that world like we used to be. And you meet people and you're like, what do you do? Like, and I don't mean that in a judging way. I just mean like, like oh, doing, oh, oh, so yeah, you, you've seen all those shows and you can tell me everything that happened in that show and stuff. Cause that's like, if they're not yeah, scrolling on social media, that's what watching it is. some series or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, so you binge watched 11 seasons in two weeks. <laughs> oh, whoa. Right. Yeah. But that people do that, yeah. you know? And so just, it's, it's a trade. You can choose to be really versed on that show and know what's happening in that cool. fake world. Yeah. Great. But I, I, I also pursue things that I can pay out for later in life is yeah. my goal too as well. So I love that. Yeah, man, that's, yeah. Is that, I, it is so bonkers to me because you have, uh, for example, when I built my truck, right? So little background, right, is, is I started the YouTube channel because I, I actually filmed or we filmed and edited a snowboard video in high school and I be if I can't remember what class it was, but um, I really enjoyed doing that. And I was like, man, this is freaking cool. We put music to it, you know. I mean, it was really crappy filming everything sure. else. I mean, this was twenty Awful. something years ago, you know. Cameras sucked back then. We had like a little digital recorder, yeah. you know, <laughs> just not very good. But it was just one of those like I had fun doing it, right? Yeah. So, and I've always wanted to do it. I've always thought it was cool. And I, because I learned how to trust my abilities from direct sales. I learned how to trust my gut. I learned how to be confident in myself in what I wanted to do and learned that whatever I was doing, as long as it was consistent, I'd be successful at it eventually. Right. Eventually. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that with YouTube, right? So I started a YouTube channel, but I was like, I don't want just another Jeep or Toyota channel because everyone and their grandma has one, right? And it's like nothing wrong with them. I mean, they they're amazing vehicles. There's a reason that everyone has them because they work, right? There's a lot of kits for them and all that stuff. But I was like, what would piss a lot of people off that no one's done before, right? And I was like, well, I'm going to get a Honda Ridgeline. Let's let's bet. Let's go, right? And so I took it out one time and with a Jeep buddy, and he was like, bro, that was so much more impressive than I even thought was possible. right? And I was like, cool, I've got something with this, yeah. right? And... And so I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do then. And so I, I put 33-inch tires, 4-inch lift, rally racing suspension, snorkel, like did the whole nine yards to it, right? And it was cool because I literally could go anywhere I wanted to go with that. And then a year and a half later, I bought a 78 GMC and, you know, 37's big truck, short bed, had a three, has a 396 big block in it. You know, it's just a big truck, right? And I was like, this is going to be sick. I'll use that for my hardcore mud truck because the Honda can't do whatever that can do, right? And uh, and then I had a wild hair uh, after my kids left last summer, and I was like, bro, I wonder if I could put that Honda Ridgeline on that frame. Bet, right? And so speaking of the consistency and the time and everything else, I would work a full day. It was about 10 hours a day. And then uh, I'd get home, and I'd eat, and then I would stay up, and that was probably about 5 o'clock. 
And then I would stay up until 11 o'clock midnight. And it worked up here because it was outside and doesn't go down in the summertime, which is nice. But I built that truck. So I had I had my Honda Ridgeline completely functional, had the GMC completely functional. I tore them apart and put them together within 36 days in my yard. And uh, there's, I mean, and it's redneck, okay? It's not, it's nothing like fancy, okay? But it's a one-off for sure, one of a kind. But through doing that, I learned I have time because I was trying to figure out for months, like as I was working up to doing this, I was like probably weeks, maybe not months, but I was like, how am I going to do this? Okay, how am I going to tie this together? How am I, the steering and the suspension and then and then the body itself and then the shifters and all this stuff. And I was like, eventually I was like, I'm just going to shut up and do it. Yep. I'll learn it as I go. I'm, I, and that's in my, in my very first video, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to total two trucks right now or if this is actually going to work, but I'm going to try. And it worked, you know, and, and it's been a freaking blast ever since. I mean, there's a lot of haters, keyboard haters, you know, on there, but everybody that sees it in person is like, bro, that is sick. Right. I'm like, yeah, dude, (laughs) I heard you on the road, not, and I have a long driveway off the road and I heard, (laughs) I'm like, I don't, I haven't heard that sound before. And we're on a (laughs) cul-de-sac. Yeah. We're on a cul-de-sac. So there's only a couple vehicles that come around this area. I'm like. Yeah, I think that's Brady on his way. Yeah, I think he's almost here. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> why so I heard you come in and voila. So loud couple, noises. A <laughs> couple of things, you know, talk numbers. You are familiar with Alex Hermosi, big social media influencer. I'm not actually. I don't watch a lot of that stuff, by the way. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. It's funny because I don't spend a lot of time. If anything, I want to make a post, and so what I do is is my for you page. Mm-hmm. You can actually make it not distracting. It can be actually very educational. Oh, cool. Yeah, right? I need like to, think you about. You need to teach me how to do that thing because well, I don't know how. You just gotta like look at things or search things that are around that space, right? Okay. So then you start to control what it uh, sees. Because okay. if you, you like the things that you want to like, right? Exactly. Okay. And so like if you're like, hey, this guy's talking about how to be a better influencer on marketing, or hey, how he here's better ways to get a hook or here's good ways to code a website. You start paying attention to that on your social feed. That's what you start to see. Oh, okay. Right? See, I'm not ever on there, so I don't know. Right. right. Like, so you start scrolling it. Right. Okay. And so don't look at things that you shouldn't be looking at. Right. Like yeah. the snowboarding videos or whatever. Like I see plenty of, I please say wake surfing. I see plenty of those videos. Right. Cause yeah. it's something that I love and it's a passion that I'm growing into. But if you don't look at it or you look at it for literally like a tenth of a second and then you scroll and you spend 20 seconds on a video, that's what you're going to start to see. Hits that algorithm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, right. so Alex Ramosi comes up into mind and he's a big influencer around social media, 24 years old. He started a, a gym company called Gym Launch. It helped coach, um, you know, gyms how to scale their businesses. Right. And by 25, he's sold that company for $400 million. <laughs> Dang, did a nice. hundred million dollars in revenue and then sold it for four hundred million dollars in a forty-eight month period of time. But the dude knew social media and he knew marketing, right. and so he's someone that I've read a couple of his books and he talks about it. But I can't remember what the study because I don't pay attention to that stuff really interestingly. But it really plays into what you're saying about the two trucks. Is you know it takes ten thousand hours to be a master of everything. You've probably heard that. Oh yeah, right. The, like that's the was it Mozart or whatever. Like you know at such a young age became an expert and you know. In a mu- as an orchestra or musician, and it was because of the amount of time under tension, right? right. 10,000 hours. And I, I believe in quick, that. not like right. over your lifetime, but right. quick. But even if you do something over your lifetime part time, right, right. you still are considered an expert in that oh, yeah, field yeah. if you get to 10,000 hours. Here's the reverse of that, though is it only takes 20 hours do you, to be efficient and good in something. Hmm. Yeah. And we underestimate 
or we overestimate how long it takes to get to the 20 hours. Yeah. So like if you want to be, you want to play a guitar or you want to start writing or you want to start being a mechanic upon the side is we overestimate the time it's going to take to be good at it. So it stops us from even starting. Yep. And if you knew that that 20 hours really doesn't take that much, if you have five hours after work every single day, if you just start doing it, right. I mean, 20 hours, that could be four or five days and you're already pretty good at it. Yeah. And if you're not good at it, you've learned the systems to, to how to teach you to get through the stucks yep. that you're at. Yep. I mean, the great example is, is I'm not a mechanic at all. I am not a mechanic. I bought a John Deere lawnmower to like literally like take care of this property, which is pretty awesome. It's got a snowblower attached, all that. Well, I went to start it the last week and didn't work. Didn't work. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I could call a small engine guy and I'm doing like this. But I tell people about this 20 hours all the time and stuff. And so I start every day. what you preach, right? Right. Every day I start pulling up the hood, start pulling up things, looking up YouTube videos. Over about six days, I completely find out exactly what it is. The starter's not working on it. You know, I found out exactly what it is, ordered the part online, put it in. Not only do I now know everything about the machine if something goes wrong and the confidence that you get with that, turn the key it starts better than the, with the day i bought it yeah yeah dude and so the confidence that came from me learning that i can learn yep and yep. get efficient in something that i had no clue in in this age was powerful dude i think what you just said though confident in learning that you can learn exactly and it, we, we there's no excuse yeah I yeah, mean, dude, for real, like there is no excuse. I don't care if you want to start a business. You don't have to go to business school and go to get a degree. You, right. Everything is on the Internet. Yep. For free. Yeah, dude. You just have to go take the time to go look at dude, it. People knock YouTube all the time. I'm like, bro, you know how many I've never gone to mechanic school or done any of that stuff, but I just built a truck. Right. It's impressive. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. Literally did not know. And it was like. I mean, I could pull that thing apart. Put, I actually have a video in five days. I pulled that whole thing apart, replaced the rear main seal. Like, I mean, it was literally I, I saw I saw some of the videos. Yeah, I know Dude. I saw it. It looked like a, just a couple pieces of junk, honestly. Like from yeah, like the. It did. It, I was like, oh man, I did, and I put it. I so I took it apart and put it all back together. Got it running, driving out of the garage within five days. Yeah, but when I started, it took a month. You know, and obviously I had to figure other stuff out. You know, I had to figure out how to connect things. But just like you're saying, I learned, I was proficient enough at it by the time I was done. And then throughout the last year of having the truck and working on things here and there, you know, it's like I knew exactly the process to do it and how to do it just because I had done it. But the confidence came because I was willing to learn and I was willing to suck at first. And it's, I just, I hope people understand like, the little bit of insecurity, failure, and it's all up here, right? It's only in between your ears that this really exists. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's keyboard warriors if you're posting it online and other people can see it. But like the reality is, is the what you gain by being actually, and here's the thing too, it's fun to learn new things. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's an age thing and maybe we're just coming out of that, you know, but like, I don't know what it was from like, 18 to 25 like i only wanted to do what i was really good at i really did like if i wasn't good at it i didn't want to do it yeah yeah. and i don't know if that's just me or an age thing or what but now like if i'm somewhat intrigued by it 
I really like learning about it and doing it and, and, and then finding out like getting to that 20 hours and doing it just, there's just a, like, I'm super excited about wake surfing Cause I don't know anything about boats. Oh, sweet dude. That's I don't know tight. anything. I don't know anything about boats. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, the, the journey to us living on a lake now is kind of yeah. crazy is like eight years ago, mentor of mine, we're in Washington and we go and spend the weekend with them. They're, you know, our, you know, they were the ones that got us involved in Advocare. And they're like, hey, we're going to go to our friend's house. They live on a lake. We're going to go do this thing with them. And they just lived a life that like just it literally blew your mind, right? Like kind of life like you're talking about the mentor that you had. Yeah. And she's like, sick. The, the way they live. And we go to their house and they we go and it's a beautiful house. It's on a lake. It's a gorgeous view, all that. And they're like, hey, do you, you, know, you want to go wake surfing? And I was like, what is that? And they're like, well, it's where you like surf behind a boat. And I was like, like wakeboarding? And they're like, no, no, it's like way better than wakeboarding. I'm like. How's that better wakeboarding? Uh, I was like, how's that better yeah. than wakeboarding? And they're like, well, and they're like, you just got, you got to see it. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's go. We get out on the boat. They fill up the ballast in the boat, sinks that butt down and they start doing, you see this just beautiful wave, you know, and then the person gets just in and they it. in and they drop off and then just riding this wave. And I was like, man, that's really cool looking. That's like, I mean, that's wow, that's, that's awesome. And I'm like, let me try. Right. And so I, I get in, I, you know, I try and luckily when you do extreme sports, and you know this, you pick up things, especially if you're self-taught, like we were, Yeah, you can pick up things pretty quickly. Right. And first time I get up, get into the wake good, and I was able to throw the rope back, and I rode the wave for like two, just a couple seconds, and then I kind of got out because I kind of lost the feel of it. By like did it. Right. First time ever getting pulled up. wake. I've never wakeboarded a day in my life. I've never wake skied nice. a day in my life. I have never done any of that. All I've done is snowboarding and longboarding like that. So I'm familiar with a board. Right. And very first time got up, wrote it and wrote it for a second and fell out. That was all it wrote. That's tight. <laughs> That's good though. That man. That's all good. it wrote. And if, from that point on, I was like, I'm going to live on a lake and I'm going to wake surf every summer. Nice. And it's not a cheap hobby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, boats are expensive, man. Boats are expensive, <laughs> but I'm excited to learn like a boat and you know a boat lift and you know dealing with that because the boats, shops, the house, the lake, the property, everything, dude. All that's learning, you know. Yeah. And but what I can encourage you is learning new. If you if you're somewhat even a little excited about it, is such a rewarding process. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and I I think that's what you're saying there is just so so profound because. I think too many people aren't confident in their ability to learn and they're they're too distracted to want to learn. They're too comfortable, mm-hmm. right? You need to get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to learn because you're going to have to suck at it at first. And then there's the, there's the occasional, you just get Thing, up the first time, right? right? <laughs> and those things kind of help, but it's like, in general, you're going to suck at it no matter what. And realistically, if you compared yourself to someone that's been doing it for a year or two, you suck. Oh, totally. Right? Now, you didn't suck as maybe bad as that other guy, but you still suck, right? Right. Just because you started. But that's okay. And more than likely, and this goes in almost any realm, there's obviously exceptions, but generally speaking, in any realm, if someone's doing better than you and they're a good human being... They want, they know you're going to suck and because they did too. And they're going to help encourage you to get past the suck to get at least mediocre at it. And then once they help you pass that, now they kind of like, now they're just excited and you're just excited and everything's good. But 
you know, I, that's the, I, in my personal opinion, that's why it's important to have mentors because of that suck period that right. you're just going to be terrible. And if you can make sure that you surround yourself with those good people that are where you want to be and that are good at that thing, if you can surround yourself with somebody that is just willing to help you kind of gain the confidence that you will be able to learn it so that you stick with it long enough to at least be proficient at it, dude, yep. there's nothing you can't, you can't accomplish, man. And the thing that's important in that mentor role is knowing if you want, if there's someone you know and it's on Instagram or whatever, you might not know them at all personally, but you follow them or they're really good at it. Reach out to them regardless of what you think or assume the outcome's going to be yeah. of that reach out. Yeah. And I think you'd probably agree with that because you're right. The people that are good at it or have done it recognize when there's someone that's coming up behind them and they see value in potentially helping that person. Right. And and I think a lot of it too is those those people that are then acting as mentors. And this and I'm saying this through my lens cuz this is what I like to do. If somebody asks me I love helping them. That's what I'm saying. Because they they are trying. They're putting in effort. That's that's all I need. That's all I needed from my team when I was doing business. That's all I need from people that are like wanting to learn something. I just need you to show effort that you're actually wanting to learn it and not wanting me to do it. Right. That's all I need. And I will give you every ounce of energy that I can for that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because there, there's something so rewarding about watching someone. It's uh, maybe it's because you know we're we're fathers now, right? And we it's that whole thing. It's like you helped this little person become this person, right? That they currently are. And it's like the reward from that is beyond explanation. Yeah. You know, there's just no words for it. And I think I think more people need to tap into that mm -hmm. and and tap into the people that are further along in that process than they are, that are better than them, right? And that's all I'm saying is encouraging people to actually reach out and, and ask, hey, yeah. can I have help? Hey, I love what you do. Can you teach me, right? Because a lot of people just see it and they want it, but then they just don't take any action, right? right. But we obviously know taking action is the only way you get anything done. And so encouraging people to actually do it because you'd be surprised when you start reaching out to people and I'm talking like people that are doing way bigger things than you. If you're passionate enough and consistent enough in reaching out to people like that, you're going to break through eventually too. Yeah, 100% I mean, facts. And so that's awesome. I need to pee. <laughs> but then ultimately uh, what comes from all of this, you know, self-awareness, this mindset becomes something where you have to apply it. So people are reaching out to you. We're reaching out to other people like we encourage right now. Um, what are some like <clears throat> consistencies of the people you're talking to? Is it just this? Is it like you got, you got to be able to learn? Or is there some things that are constantly on your radar to share with others to hopefully inspire them to do it? Because like you said, they got to do it. You're not, you can't do it for them. Right. But is there some things that you tend to share to hopefully help people get on the journey like you're on? Um, yeah, like if if somebody comes to me, right, and they're like, hey, I want to I want to start building my truck kind of like I have yours or, or whatever, you know, um, then it's like, all right, this is what you got to this is what I would do first. Right. But this is also 
this is also what I, I, the reason I started my YouTube channel with the way I did was how to's for a Honda Ridgeline because there was nothing on a Honda Ridgeline. Like, and I looked, I was like lifts, tires, cutting, like nothing. And so, I mean, so it was like, well, I got to, I, I, I can't remember what video I watched one time because I was debating of starting it, you know, and it was like, look, if you want to figure out something to do, look up what you're passionate about and see what videos are on there. If there's no videos, make the make videos. The yeah. You know, I was like, well, I'll make videos. Right? So that's, I mean, <clears throat> so if they're, if they ask me questions, then I try to steer them to my videos because that's for one, it saves me time. Right. But once they watch that, because there's been people that are like, okay, how do you do this, that, or the other? And I'm like, dude, it's right there. Right, go watch right? this video. Go watch that. Show me that you watch it, and then come back and ask me questions. Right. Because I'm not going to, quote, unquote, waste Love my it. time if you don't actually have the effort and you wanting just me to hand you the info. Right. I need to, I need to kind of prove you a little bit and see if you actually are going to do what you say you're going to do. And then... Once, because I know the answer's in there, because, and sometimes I've had to go rewatch my video to, get to the, make sure that it was, it was in there right. before I told him, hey, go watch this video. Because it was like, I, I remember I thinking that. that, I'm pretty sure it's there, but I wanted to confirm it before I told him, because then if they were like, it wasn't in there, I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm kind of dumb, right? Yeah, no, so, no, that's so uh, good. So I make sure that it's in there, and then I'm like, okay, go watch this video. It's, the information is in there. And then after that, if you still have questions or you want to chat, hit me up and we can chat, right? A lot of them don't come back, which is fine, but they also didn't know that video was there. Right. So now they also have a way that they can now become confident in themselves to learn. Yeah. So now I'm, you could say teaching a man to fish versus giving him a fish. And so, and, and. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe they just call me and I don't know. I don't want to swear on here, but you know, call me an a hole. You know, like I mean, they're just like this guy's a jerk. He's just sending me this his video, right? Da, da, da. But it's like most of I haven't heard any negative thing like that. But may, you know, it's like that's well, possible. Yeah. But most people that I'm like, hey, it's in this video. Go check this out. If you still got questions, come back. They're always, I would say, always the ones I hear from will say, dude, that video was awesome. I appreciate. It. I didn't know that was there. Mm. There's something to that effect, and it was like perfect that's why I started my channel anyways, yeah. you know? And then there's people that have messaged me and were like, dude, that Ridgeline is crazy, right? I've never seen one like that. It's like, I know. <laughs> there's one other one that I know of. And the guy that has that one helped me build this one, like t chatting online, right? How cool is that? Yeah, dude, it was rad, man. And so it was like, his is a, on an H1 chassis though. So it's more of like an actual Ridgeline. Right. Um, and it has the Ridgeline motor and everything in it. So it's, Mine's different, right? But nonetheless, he gave me a lot of tips on how to do it. And uh, anyways, so they there's other people that come with other rigs, like whether it's a, a Chevy, whether it's a Isuzu Trooper, you know, whatever it is, like, dude, I want to do something like that to a smart car, you know, or whatever. They're cause, Just because they're inspired to do something crazy, you know, right. and it's like, dude, that's, that's what it's about yep. for me is can I just inspire someone to do something bonkers that is just crazy? Right. That doesn't hurt anybody. That doesn't do anything negative. It's all positive because it's like, dude, who would have thought of that? You yeah. know, because there's going to be so many people that are creative and be more creative and do some more crazy stuff than I've done. 
if they're just encouraged to do it. Yep. And I've, I mean, I've seen, there's a Facebook, uh, Facebook group called thingies and it's a motors, uh, like a car group. That's just bonkers projects, dude, like yeah. crazy. And I've, I pull up some of those things. I'm like, dude, who would have thought of that? I mean, some of them are like 1969 Camaros on forties, you know, <laughs> you're like, what but it's sick and they're like well done you know yeah. and i mean there's some imported cards like all sorts of stuff but it's like those kinds of things are what i want to be grouped with because they're oddballs they're yeah. weird but they're inspiring because you're like dude who would have ever thought somebody would have put 40s on a camaro kind of thing you know and just crazy stuff speaking of being inspiring and this might not maybe not everyone's gonna know what we're talking about but uh, friends were in town this last couple weeks ago and we, they wanted to do experience some Alaska things. So we took them up to Baldy, right? So nice. up to power line, you know, yeah. um, Sweet. <laughs> and we go all the way to the top, right? And I'm sure you've been up that trail yeah. once or twice being a person from out here, right? We go up. And so I, we, me and my dad have a side-by-side, -side, a six wheel side-by-side -side okay. Ranger. And that thing is a beast for like an ATV. Those are <laughs> They're tough, beasts. man. I mean, that's our moose hunting rig, and we have modified that thing to the nines, and that thing, I mean, it's like a tank is what I call that's it. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> and, I mean, it, I, it's been a long time since I've been up there. You know, it's, it's been at least a decade since I've gone up that trail. I don't know if you guys okay. have gone there. I, I went up there last year, well, at least halfway up. It was a lot rockier than I remember it because it's been yeah, washed out bad. like crazy, right? It's, I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's actually harder now than it was when we were younger, just based on like those big rolling rocks, like you can't get traction and stuff. Yeah. And we were in a side by side. We had one other side by side us, and then we rented some just ATV four wheelers. And the four wheelers are definitely struggling in some of the smaller, you know, steeper rocky sections because they're just spitting rocks like crazy and they can't get a hold of anything. And it's, completely trenched so there's no getting up on the sides or anything yeah, and you know we make our way up and we gone up and we went over saw baldy you know denali on the or sorry saw denali on the other side it was a beautiful day and we're coming back down and i mind blown completely stock fj <laughs> at the top like at the top like it already made it through everything and i was like awesome. How'd you get here? I almost like we were kind of going and we were in a group. We had a, we were all going to like a special dinner. So like we were kind of our way, but I like wanted to stop and be like, how explain this? To how me. did you get up here? And it looked kind of like, like it just drove off a pavement road. And I was just like, right. Is on. there a different, is there a different path up here? I don't know about like, <laughs> I, I'm very confused right now by this FJ being on the, literally the top of Baldy. Like, yeah. see, that's sick. I, and I didn't get to see it. Like, I just would have signed up to watch it go up the couple, like the two steepest long parts. I, yeah. I would have just signed up to see it go up that. Cause I don't know. I mean, I'm sure your truck probably could get up that probably now. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like a completely, I don't know if there was, it was legitimately, there was nothing modified on this FJ. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing though, is that it's amazing what you can do when you're when in doubt, throttle out type <laughs> attitude, right? <laughs> you just peg it, right? So right. you pedal down and you just pray. Right. But it, it's one of those, uh, it's, but that kind of thing, like I remember when I went up in my ridgeline, when it was a ridgeline, um, it doesn't have a low gear in it, so it doesn't climb really well. Sure. But I made it up at least halfway in that. And I remember, and I camped out there with a friend and, um, where, where it was. And there, the next morning there was a four wheeler that came up or two four wheelers that came up and they saw the ridgeline. And then they saw our tent and I, I was watching cause I was getting some shots and stuff. And, um, unfortunately I didn't get this on camera. I was like, Oh man, I wish I would have, but they, they literally like stopped 
like they were in the mid trail. My truck's over here. Our tent was over here and the trail kind of went in between. And because the pull off is right here. Right. So they come up and they like stopped and then backed up <laughs> and then looked. They just looked at the truck like, where is this? Doing what is here? this? And then they look at our tent and then they look back at the truck and they were just like, and they drove off, you know, yeah. and I was just like, the respect. Yeah, dude, like, what is this thing doing up here, man? And then when I was down in Utah, when I first got it and when I first took my buddy out in that very first off road trip, I mean, people, people literally were like, that doesn't belong here. No. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's that kind of thing is like, yeah, I love those reactions. I mean, people see this truck all the time. Like there was a guy <laughs> like two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. Um I, I was going with a, a couple of buddies up to uh, um, Ruby Lake mm-hmm. and going to take it, you know, and it's on 37s. I mean, this is the thing. The 37s look like car tires because the thing's so high. Right? Yeah, because it's so high. Yeah. And so, uh, but I mean, it's it's a big truck. And there's this guy that had a, uh, like a Land Cruiser on 35s or 37s or something and on a trailer, right? Because it wasn't street legal yeah. for whatever reason. But he was trailering it up up to a wishbone that week and he just comes up to me man and he's just like dude is this your ridge line i was like yeah he's like dude that thing f's man i was like well that's an odd way to explain it but i appreciate the the he's like man that thing's sick and i was like I appreciate it. but that kind of thing is where people just just because it's so out there right it's inspiring and that's the thing is if you have something that you, very few or no one has done before have the courage and just do it because there will be a lot of haters. I mean, I get a lot of hate for this thing, like from the purists of the ridgeline all the way to everyone else right? that doesn't like ridgelines at all. Wait, wait, there's purist ridgelines? Oh, dude, for real. And that's what I said, too. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, if it was like a, a Yoda or something like that, yeah, I, see, I, I, I could see that. But there's... No. Dude, there was like, you need our stock ridgeline. It's the best. And I'm like, bro, for one, it's a ridgeline. <laughs> but like, but for real though, like, I mean, ridgelines are sick for their own things that they got, their little corks and little nuggets they got and whatnot. And they're actually pretty dang impressive. And they're, and I will say this for the Toyotas are- guys. They're going to hate this, but I did the research because I was going to do a video and bash Yoda for a second. But then for I was sure. like... I won't do that yet. There'd be a lot of clickbait, a lot of clickbait for sure. I know that's where I'm like, man, but I did the, I looked up the, the, the specs of the trucks year for year. Right. Cause mine was an 08 Honda Ridgeline. So I looked up 08 Toyota Tacomas cause that's, you know, everyone's Oh, Tacoma. Right. I was like, this only had like 200 horsepower. The Ridgeline had 250. This had like, uh, 150 or 200 pounds, foot pounds of torque. And this had 250. Right. So, I mean, the Ridgeline actually was more powerful and had more power, torque and everything than a Tacoma. Right. Right. Now it did way more. So that comes into effect and all that. The thing that the Toyota had, though, was a low gear and Honda didn't. But Honda didn't buy it for the same or build it for the same same reason, reason, you know. So it was just all these different things. But it was just one of those like, "Ah, I could I could roast you a couple a couple different ways with this. Right. But it's just one of those there's purist Ridgeliners that hate what I did. There's there's a guy that messaged me on Patreon and he's like, dude, I love what you're doing. You inspired me to do what I do. But it's not a ridgeline anymore, man. So I can't, I can't be a part of it anymore. And I was like, "What? Like, all right, man, cool. I appreciate the support while you were around, man. But t- all right. But hey, if you're still watching, you're still supporting, right? <laughs> in your space, in my space, I just, I mean, I don't think anyone would listen an hour twenty into this. So it's not like I'm, oh, not, man, I'm talking yeah. to anyone else other yeah. than fans. But if you watch my stuff, 
follow it, comment on it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> You're a supporter, right? And, and thank you, yeah, thank right. you. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I dude, any any hater that's come on YouTube is like, man, this is so dumb. This is so this or that. And I'm like, all I all I say to him is like, hey, thanks, appreciate it, bro. Thanks right. for the support. That's thanks, all I say. Thanks because for it's the like, support. If I can get that algorithm to keep right. promoting it, I'm like, dude, I'll respond. <laughs> you yeah. know, hey, appreciate the support, bro. It's so funny. You could find a video on Facebook. So like Facebook Reels. If you're not there yet, you need to be on there. By the way, because like Facebook just recently is now doing Reels. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's new. So because it's new, they're putting a lot of effort towards pushing on the algorithm. Anyone out there that cares about that, totally, it's a thing. Yeah, because I like, actually got quite a few notifications on my Reels from Instagram being promoted on Facebook. Right. So you can, yeah. so, cause there's, there's difference between stories and reels on Facebook. You have to do a couple extra steps to sync it up. Right. And then you can post reels on Facebook. Yeah. And like right now I post a video on Instagram, it gets 500 views. I post that same video on Facebook reels. It gets 5,000 views. Like nice. I mean, the, the, the reach is a lot push, higher push. Yeah. And so I like putting a lot of videos of like me doing crazy stuff with Jordan because she's my daughter and you, I know you're the same way as I'm going to build this girl to be tough and athletic and not fearful and stuff those things and depending on how it is and so she loves being this girl i mean i have videos of me hucking her 25 feet in the air that's awesome i mean dude, i'm like so full sick. deep squat like <laughs> and i have to like and i have to catch her and like you know like soften it because yeah. i can't just catch her like this or it's gonna like give her whiplash yeah right that's so awesome and i have this one video on slow-mo where I'm in our living room, which we have, you know, 18 foot ceilings at the, the ceiling and she's, I'm getting her up into the middle part into of the, it, into the, the little peak. like thing and then catching her <laughs> and Chelsea did it on slow-mo and I posted on reels this video. I mean, the hate on oh, this yeah. video. You're a terrible dad. You're, she's going to break her neck. She's going to bite her tongue off. Like, I mean the insane, like I hear you, but all I do is, is that exact comment is thank you for your support. Has one hundred sixty thousand views now, dude, bro. What I mean? And oh what's, my god! And you know what's funny is, <laughs> yes, as much hate is on there. There are so many people. Love like it. I don't, even, I don't even have to. I don't even have to defend myself. They'll do it for you because there's so many people that'll do it for you. It's, it's an. Yeah, I encourage for anyone that's trying to be in this space to get to that point because it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah, dude. When people got your back, man, it's, and that's that's where I think it's so important to have to start with a mentor. Yep. Or at least someone that you look up to that you're friends with. Or you. they speak life into you and have your back yep. when that comes up yep. for the first little bit. And then eventually when you build it, dude, people will roast that other person, dude. Totally. Like I, there was some comments about some people that said stuff about me or my truck, you know, and stuff. And then I was going to respond. And then I just saw these like four or five comments was like, da, 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 da. and I was like, Oh snap! Like I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna touch base on this. You know, I was like, no way, man. This you guys take it, dude. Like it was cool though. I was like, all right, well, cool. You know, yeah. and and then I also think to myself too. I'm like, someone better than you, you know, kind of bring back that whole thought is like someone doing better than you, that's legitimate, is not gonna roast you and tell you anything negative. They're just gonna breathe life into you. You know, so it's like. Take it with a grain of salt, man. Yep. Like, I don't even know you, and you're in Timbuktu across the world, dude. I don't even know, man. You, I'm sure you know who this is, David Goggins. Oh, heck yeah, dude. Goggins, dude. Love that guy, man. He is yeah. such a badass, dude. <laughs> David Goggins says this, and I 100% agree, is I've never met a hater that's doing better than me. Yep. I actually watched that again 
the, that reel's going back around. It, that audio is going That's back crazy, around. That's crazy because I haven't seen it. I'm just like literally like this is something I've known. I've said it for a long time. Yeah. Is I've never met a hater that's doing better than me. Yeah. And I don't, I, not because I'm comparing or maybe I'm competing because I definitely like to compete. Yeah. But, you know, my lens of decision making based on hate is um, I look at that person, right? Because I've starting the direct sales world. I got a lot of hate. Oh, facts for sure. I, I mean, I had what I in my thought was very close friends in my world at that younger age of life where you maybe have more friends. Maybe they're not as good as friends as what you thought they were as you get older. But like that friends were like, didn't want to be friends with me anymore because I was doing this pyramid scam or something like yeah, that. You exactly. know, it, yeah. and it was it was a real ban you for sure. Right. And but the thing that my mentor taught me and I just believe in so much is just look into their life, look on social media, spend some time with them. Are they doing, living, being the way you want to be? Yeah. And I just remember, I'm not going to call out names, but like, I remember someone that was like, Ken, like you're just wasting your time. Like you're just scamming everyone for their money. Like this is going to ruin your career and you're just, you're, you're, this is, this, you're going you're gonna to really regret that you did this. And as they were sitting there, like, I remember like that paycheck was like, I don't know, like probably like $25,000 in a month. And I'm. 25 at the time like that's yeah it's pretty good money yeah for, in one month i mean that was 10 15 years ago too right that's 10 pretty, years ago yeah 10 years ago right and i'm like that's pretty good and i was still working a full-time job making like a full-time salary so like yeah. i mean doing good yeah we were making probably three hundred thousand dollars a year at that time you know yeah. 25 and we're at dinner with, at their house I mean, it's me and chelsea are at dinner at their house and they wanted to pay for dinner like they invited us they wanted sure. to pay for dinner <laughs> And there was literally it. like a small little debate on like whose card were they going to use? Like, I don't have enough banning in my bank account. Can you pay? Let's put it on the credit card. It was like a conversation that happened. We were friends, but they were somewhat on us about like, this isn't a good move for us. And I'm like, I can't listen to your feedback because I don't, I love what I'm doing and I don't have to worry about paying for a pizza for dinner. It's it's that saying your actions speak so loud I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, that, that's that right there. Yep. You follow the people you want to have a life like. Right. You know, for and, sure. And take it through your filter. I think that's the other important part, yeah. right? Because I think sometimes maybe people lose themselves. Like not to say like when you your mentor you're like I followed him blindly. Whatever he said, I said. Sometimes you lose yourself a little bit. Yeah, that, take it. That's true. Take it. Take it through your filter of who you are. Right. And then make it your own. And that's perfect place to be. Yep. I agree hundred percent, man. If you can figure out what you love to do, man, and that's, and then do that, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. And that's, that's what I've discovered. I think with, with what I'm currently doing through all the different things I've done. I mean, gone from extreme sports all the way to wildland firefighting, all the way to gold mining and then finance, and now I'm a tour guide in Alaska. I mean, like, and I'm a YouTuber, have online apparel, like, all that stuff, you know? I mean, like, all of it. And it's like, the one thing I've learned is that be doing all of those things, the only time it ever, I actually didn't like what I was doing, or that I had a hard time going to work or waking up or whatever, is when I didn't enjoy doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And... I started realizing, and this is just a couple of years ago, that that's what they're saying when it says you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, is it's 
it's not that you're actually not going to work because you're going to work until you're dead in something. Because yep. if you're ambitious enough to make millions in a direct sales company or whatever, you're not going to stop once you might stop doing that thing or take a step back from that thing, but you're going to start doing something else so you still feel productive. Because obviously you like to work, you push yourself, you want to be the best in whatever field you're in, right? All those kinds of things. And so that's where it's like, they're not saying you're not going to pursue things, you're not going to work, and you're not going to be lazy. They're just saying that you're going to enjoy it so much that you're not going to be like dreading to go to work. Right. Or you are optimistic or excited about the the, the problems, yeah. The fires, right? Yeah. Like that's like that's like how can I solve this? You right, know? exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're growing a company right now very fast. And no one knows, I mean, some people know this, but when you're funding your own company growth, growing a company, regardless of how successful it is, is financially challenging because it costs a lot of money to grow a company, yeah. right? You have to more payroll. Okay. You need more systems to support that. You know, there's more supply, like all those Everything. things. <laughs> right. So like, that's why a lot of companies go and get a whole bunch of seed money or investments because they need a whole bunch of money yep. to be able to grow this thing really big, really fast. And so if you don't have that, you're funding it yourself or literally taking every dollar you would be paying yourself and all those extra bonuses or whatever well you're doing. And you're literally throwing it back at the money to keep it, the company to keep going. And it becomes this vacuum. Right that's really stressful. You're like, oh man, you have, we made a lot of money, but we got a lot more payroll to pay or we got a lot more commissions because we sold a lot. And so like that juggle is like stressful and it's, it's, it's hard and it's, it's like, it's scary. But when you love it, you attack it like you're hungry. It's that excited and nervous thing. Exactly. You know, it's 100%. like scared or excited. It's the same yeah. thing, but are you... Your outlook on yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. And you're right. Nailed it. That's exactly it. And yeah. so it's important to know that you, it's not just like sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. But oh, when yeah. you love it. But it's you get satisfaction from the hard, from the challenging when you're in it. I think something that's important to point out too <laughs> is recognize when you need a break. Because if you, because if, burnout's real, like, and I used to be like, I'm a machine, I'm just going to get it done. But looking back, I'm like, dude, I, I knew I was burned out at points, at that, mm -hmm. at certain points. I just muscled through it and just pushed through it anyways. But there was, I could have been more effective, more efficient and done better if I would have just taken a day, right. right? And just chilled for a second. But the, if you can, like, there's times when I was putting this truck together in those those couple weeks that I was just like, I mean, I was pissed because I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure this out. I couldn't do this. Right. And I was just ticked off. I'd bust my knuckles, you know, and yep. dude, that hurts. It's so man. frustrating. Like, yeah. You know, and it's just like, you can't figure it out or whatever. And then, and then yeah, for me in that situation, it was like, well, I just totaled my truck and now I can't fix it. Now I can't do anything because it's literally broken because I just tore everything out of it. You know, that kind of thing. And it's like, well, now I'm screwed. Right. But then you take a step back, you just take a breath, you know, just whether you have, you know, maybe it's a late night and it's 1130 midnight, a, a perfect example. There was, we forgot me, me and my buddy that were putting, welding the frame and the body and the mounts and all that stuff. Um, we had forgotten to, we mounted it like a, uh, it was a half inch off. So it would have looked like it was a crab walk going down the road, right? It would have looked like oh, it was going down that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not crazy amount, but enough, enough. to notice. Yeah. And so it's like, 
and it was like midnight and we were so stoked that we were finally getting it all we were like Come, we both did together. it together we we're like it's done and then we look at it we're like son of a right and it was like wind out of the sails like crazy and we both were like you know what we'll deal with it tomorrow we're yep. gonna go to bed woke up the next day fixed it no issue but it just took just take a step back take a breath right. for a second right just relax for a second not forever <laughs> right? right just take a step back for a sec and then reattack it new set of eyes new energy and just get it done you know? yeah yeah if you're gonna like the the rule was i can't remember who said it but it was like if you're gonna throw a pity party about your situation it just can't outlive the night right so like you know right. take a day away you know or even take it like if you do if you're super burnt which there's been times where like i needed to take maybe a long weekend you know maybe right. take a friday monday and have four days you know yeah. i mean if you're working solid month after month after month like we're not designed to do that yeah uh, uh, being so ingrained in the fitness industry for so long, and this is kind of the way that I relate it to is a lot of people want to like run a marathon, say that's the goal. And always a question I would ask people in that is, okay, so if you, when you say you want to run a marathon, do you want to complete a marathon or do you want to run a marathon? <laughs> yeah, there's a difference for sure. There's a huge difference. And the thing that people don't understand is, is that intentional breaks actually make you go further faster than pushing through. Okay. And so there's a lot of times and there's a lot of stats to support this. And I have a lot of clients that I'd helped along the way is, is that if you set out to run a marathon and not stop running and it's your first marathon, chances are your time will be longer and you'll be more burnt from that race and sore and hurt and all the things than if you chose to do a marathon and run and then when you were feeling tired and like gassed and winded and heavy lunged, just, just walk. Recover for a little bit. Recover and then run again. And times compared. People who run walk a marathon if it's their first marathon versus trying to dead set run, these times are just consistently much further faster. Really? And less damage on your body. That makes sense though. Dude. And it's because it's intentional breaks, letting your body recover to be able to then go faster again. Yeah. And so I think of the same thing in life is like when you're feeling burnt out, give yourself permission to actually put it down mentally and physically for a period of time and then get back to it because you're probably going to come back with a fresh set of eyes and you're going to have energy to attack the problem and then get further than you did the last time. Dude, that, that is so well said, man. And I think uh, something to complement that too is just thinking is like, you have to mentally let it go for that time. Mm -hmm. Because I know for me, I when I get started on something, it's like I'm going till I finish it. I finish it, I'm getting it done. And that's the thing is like when I started attacking this truck, when I first put it together, I was like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it done. And then I realized like I have to be okay with having to stop at night. Mm -hmm. And that was pra that that took oh, yeah. some practice, man. Cause I was like, I mean, we're I was working 10 hours a day. Yep you know all those kind of things and then life and i wanted to work out and all this stuff and it was like i mean my days turned into 18 hour days right with building the truck but i had to learn that it's okay like if i got this part of the project done in three hours instead of five i had to stop myself right and not start a new project that was going to open up a whole new can of worms that would make right. you up till 2 a.m right that makes and sense the, and then possibly not finish it and get frustrated and all right. those things so it was like and then, but then I had to also at those times, like mentally be like, I'll get it tomorrow. 
it's okay. Give yourself permission to mentally let it go instead of being like in your bed, taking a break for the day or whatever, you know, and you're like, okay, I got to do this, 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 this. And it's just running. It's like, you might as well be out there doing it. Right. Take a break mentally is I think more important than even the physical part of it. I mean, you're, you're, you're preaching to a choir of like, I need to get better at that continually. And you know, it's funny is like not to go back to past or anything like that. I have a similar, I don't know why, but I also have a similar childhood like you, like, you know, my, I talked to my sister and she remembers four years old. Like it's that. Yeah. I'm lucky if I get grasp memories from 12 years old. Like yeah. I'm dead serious. I have some like really core memories. It's the head and that's trauma it. from all the trips. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Not wearing helmets. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and it might be, that's, that's a very valid point. But I grew up with a dad that he was a slope worker and he was a very hardworking man, right? Like he worked on the slope which that's a hard life, right? Working two weeks on, two weeks off, six months out of the year, you're working 18 hour days when you're up there. And when he came home, my dad never stopped working, right? Like he, it wasn't like he worked on two weeks and then he was like vacation for two weeks. It was like building a garage, you know, building a new shop, working on the plane, you know, right. mowing the yard, fixing things around the house. Like you, you're, you're, when you're gone two weeks, there's things that need love when you get back. And so yeah. it was a great work ethic to see. But the thing that, a knock on my dad and I give him a lot of hard time about it. Now we've, we've grown really good over it is, and I'm thankful that he was this way. Cause it, it to, to a, 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 a fault though is right. my dad w- is the king of being like, Hey, I could do this. Like he started a shed 35 years ago. It's still not completely done. <laughs> there's no, there's no inside walls, the electrical caps. There's no, like there's no fixtures on the lights. Like it's, <laughs> it's still that yeah. the garage, you know, great garage like a hangar garage there's still i could walk through that thing and be like that's not done you still haven't painted sheetrock like it's like my dad notoriously like i lived on subfloors as a kid like plywood floors because my dad was working on putting in new floors for like six years <laughs> and so my dad was this king Got of like complete stuff, like right? starting steps you see where this is going he would start <laughs> stuff and then finish stuff so then me growing up around that i was like if I start something, it's got to be done. Yeah. But then I like overcorrected. Like yeah. I literally am not sleeping until this job is done. Yeah. Or like, oh, like the lawnmower broke. Like halfway I'm with the lawnmower. Right. I'm, done, I'm right? literally doing this and I'm going out there with a scythe and cutting it like like with the old scythe because I don't got another lawnmower because the, <laughs> the lawn's got to get done. Right. Like, I mean, that's an exaggeration. Yeah. I didn't actually do that. But like, whatever, dude. I bet you did. <laughs> But you get like this, it's this thing that you're right, is like letting go of it mentally and physically that you can stop mid project and tackle it again the next time. Cause I, I, I literally am a victim of like, I got it. Like, I want to get it done to completion to perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we bought a project, we bought a project house. Like we didn't buy this brand new turnkey house. So like, that's the like still thing is like, oh, we're going to do this remodel. All right. Well, I'm literally going to take the next three days off work and I'm going to work 14 hours a day to get the remodel done in three days. He's psych. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best, you know, path. Maybe we should chip yeah. away at it. It is just a guest bathroom. <clears throat> Maybe not. And so it's a it's a it's a piece of advice that I definitely am gonna take. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's always something to struggle with, I think. With and that's the thing is when you when you get to points where you're just like, man, you just you just get excited about life, man. Like that's that's what it's about, anyways. Just excitement about life. It's okay that some things are undone. You know, you still turned out like a decent kid, right? You know, <laughs> and so it's like, <clears throat> but you also saw that and 
the cool thing is, is that although maybe you roast your dad about it or whatever, right? You still have a good relationship and you, he still instilled in you or your parents instilled in you how to work and saw the work ethic and saw that you can get things done and saw the, everything about it, you know, and yeah, maybe there were times in your life that you overcorrected, but you also now recognize that and now you're taking it back, right? It's just one of those, like, if you look at life as just this learning, there's so, it goes back to be okay and confident that you can learn. If you can be confident, you can learn something, dude, You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you can literally learn. I mean, people learned how to build an F-22 jet. You know, I mean, like, obviously, I don't know how to do that. It would take me a lifetime to learn how to do that. But I still could if that was what I was passionate about. And the reason I know that is because there's people doing it. Yep. Doesn't mean I, I'm going to by any means, right? right? There's people that are working on NASCARs, right, doing all this stuff. There's uh, People have done what you want to do. And maybe you want to do it. So do it. You know, there's nothing holding you back except you, you know, Les Brown said that everything in the world was created and made and done by someone that was no smarter than you. Now, obviously there are some people are smarter than others, but like the chair you sit in, right. The vehicle you drive was created by a human. Yeah. Another person. Yep. And we too often probably let things taken to our grave right it was like his whole like the whole yeah. speech of it and so graves the richest richest place on the world right all because the ideas all get taught in there so just knowing that everything we use we consume we enjoy we like we dislike was all created by another person yeah. you know and that we have those things in us and just learning that it's a journey right you know and that the other thing that i always encourage to you know maybe older people too is is like I don't care if you're hearing this, you know, at 15 or 65, like it's never too late to start this process. Dude. Like I, I my, my <laughs> yes. famous quote is Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC until Dude, he was, was exactly 65, what I was say, right? Yes, yes. And so Vera Wang didn't start what's her company until 40 something, you know? Yeah. And so like there's so much life left, even if it's 10 years and there's so much that can be done in a short period of time if you use tying it back to the beginning if everything you take from one thing to another can lead into that well dude and that's yes yes because like so having that future outlook but then putting it uh, what was the uh, the saying um you you plan for the future but work like there's no tomorrow right something to that effect and it's like i've thought to myself so many times like when i started so i started my online apparel company first and that's kind of here or there it's just kind of there, because I the like name designing shirts. Sure. Uh, it's uh, Renegade Headquarters. Yeah, Renegade Headquarters. Yeah, um, just RenegadeHeadquarters.com for anybody. Right? Yes. Uh, but uh, I mean, when I first started that, I was in Primerica actually at the time, and I just wanted to be able to design shirts like this, right? Yeah. And it was just like for my team because I wanted them to have shirts. You know, when they do something good, I wanted to reward them with something, right? And so then it turned into like shoes and backpacks and hats and sweats and all sorts of stuff, right? So there's a lot of stuff on there, but. And it's it's this ever growing thing. I just like designing it. You know, it's just stuff I create, and it's just whatever. But the the whole thing is is it's like my thought process when I started that was like you know to be realistic for me. You know, that's a death word to a lot of play, people, right? But it's like to be realistic. This may not go anywhere, but I enjoy doing it. But if it does, let's say it takes ten years or even twenty. To sell a million articles of clothing across the world, 
I think I could do that in 20 years, right? Million articles of clothing out of 8 billion people. I'm sure there's at least a million people that like what I design. You might not, but I'm sure there's someone else that does, right? So let's just say, for instance, it takes 20 years. My profit margin on those is like a dollar, maybe two. 20 years goes by, and I've designed it. It's all there. I don't have to do anything for it anymore. It's just there. And then I just throw in designs when I want. 20 years goes by, I just now made $2 million for stuff I did 20 years ago. That's more than most people make in their lifetime. And I did that in a a year or two, but I didn't see the rewards until 20 years later. And so that's where it's like, you got to look at it to where it's like, okay, set yourself up for something like that, in my opinion. Because it's the same thing with YouTube. Like, it might take 10, 20 years to do it. I'm not going to see a lot of results at first. But I'm going to have fun doing it. I'm going to do it. And then eventually it'll pay out. And then I have two streams of income. And then I might have a job, right? And I'm going to be doing welding. I'm going to go to welding school and doing that. And I have an idea that I want to do with some shops and stuff like that, you know, and how I want to set it up that's unique. I haven't seen it anywhere. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll have these different things. And it's like 10, 20 years from now, I'll make the money. It's not today, but later I will. And so it's like, as, as you pursue the things that you like, and as you are passionate about those things, it's, it all ties into the, the creative process and the learning process and the, the, the confidence that it instills in you and all of those things because you're able to actually do something you enjoy, have a result immediately, whether it's money or just enjoyment, you have something to get you going and eventually it'll work out, mm-hmm. you know? And but yeah, anyway, so it's just one of those, it's just cool, man. <laughs> Sometimes I get distracted and I go off on tangents, but no, no. You know, it's, it's good stuff, dude. For a first go at this, this has been amazing. I'm so grateful yeah. for you taking the time and coming in and sharing these thoughts. This has been awesome. Dude, it's been fun, dude. I dude, it's if I didn't ramble too much, I'd love to love to be back, dude. You will it's be. Cool. You will be. So the couple things I want to make sure that people get out of this is like one, where okay, so there's what's the apparel company and where can they go see follow you or engage with you on YouTube? What's what's those? Uh so the apparel company is renegadeheadquarters.com. And then the YouTube channel is just Renegade Headquarters or Renegade underscore HQ. Yeah. And it's just the gas mask is the yeah, yeah, is yeah. The emblem. Red gas mask is yeah. what I remember seeing it. And so if you're a Honda purist and you want to go hate, you can definitely go do yeah. that. But it's just a bunch of off-road redneck stuff, yeah. man. It's good. But if you get <laughs> but I think what I get from your channel is exactly that is this passion, inspiration, uh, creativity. Um, and again, you go 100 and it's inspiring. And I think that I want, that's exactly why I wanted you on. And this conversation has been more than what I could have hoped for in this. And so I am so grateful for you, Brady, and I'm glad that you came on. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. (laughs) Thanks. It's been, it's been tons of fun, dude. And I hope, I hope we can work together more because I think, I think it's a definitely something in the works, man. It'd be cool. Yeah, no, it's not a question if, it's only a question of when, 100%. I like that. Yeah, no, 100%. There's no question there. Groovy, man. All right, man.